This morning I want to invite you to open up your Bible, if you don't have one, it's there in the pew, to Jeremiah chapter 1, starting in verse 4, but I want to start with this question, what would happen if you missed God's purpose for your life? Have you ever thought about that? Like, what would be the consequences if you missed God's purpose for your life? So let me, I'll kind of start with an extreme end of things, like what about, you know, the criminals? You know, like the people who knock off casinos and steal dogs from old rich ladies and hold them for ransom. You know, those guys. Like, do you think those guys are really tuned into God's purpose for their life? Or what about people who, uh, you know, they just, they just never really try hard at stuff. They kind of do the bare minimum of everything, right? So the bare min, you know, they, they always do the bare minimum amount of work. They always do the bare minimum amount of sacrifice. They always do the bare minimum amount of, you know, uh, getting out and being with actual human beings. Do you think those people, the bare minimum kinds of people, are really tuned into God's purpose for their life? What would happen if you missed God's purpose for your life? What I'm talking about is, is finding meaning for your life. Okay? Uh, why do you do what you do? Why do you do anything at all? What happens when your life lacks meaning and purpose? So uh, there's this famous Jewish psychologist, his name, uh, who, he survived the Holocaust, a guy by the name of Viktor Frankl. And uh, he said it like this. He said, life is not primarily a quest for pleasure, as Freud believed, or a quest for power, as Alfred Adler taught, these other psychologists. He, he said, life is a quest for meaning. That's what life is really, that's what's really driving us in life. Meaning and purpose is really what life is all about. Meaning and purpose is really the thing that is always driving the heart. So, Frankl, this guy who survived a concentration camp, he said it this way, another quote from him, Life is never made unbearable by circumstances, like a concentration camp, but only by a lack of meaning and purpose. In other words, even a concentration camp can be made bearable if you have a strong sense of meaning and purpose in your life. So what would happen if you missed God's purpose for your life? Frankl would say that a life without meaning and purpose would be unbearable. Some professors at London College, uh, University College in London, uh, did some research on finding meaning and purpose in life. And they demonstrated that individuals with a sense of higher meaning and purpose in their life experienced the following, okay? So here we go. Uh, a lower risk of divorce lower risk of living alone, increased connections with friends, increased engagement in social and cultural activities, lower incidence of new chronic disease, lower risk of the onset of depression, lower rates of obesity, increased physical activity, and increased adoption of positive health behaviors like exercise and eating vegetables and fruits and all that kind of stuff. Okay, I don't, I don't even have enough fingers for all this stuff. But in other words, they were able to demonstrate what might happen if you uh, 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 did not find meaning and purpose in your life. They were able to demonstrate what might happen if you were to find meaning and purpose for your life. Another group of researchers, researchers also demonstrated that, uh, uh, that a sense of purpose in life predicts 
gains in household income and your uh, net worth over time. So, so basically, finding purpose in your life is going to make you popular, healthy, and rich, okay? So, it's good. So to miss God's purpose for your life, to lack meaning and purpose, is really, really a way of missing out in life. So this morning, we're going to look at the ancient story of this teenager named Jeremiah. Because in his story, we're going to see, first of all, what I mean by this phrase, God's purpose for your life. And number two, how you can find meaning and purpose for your life. And number three, the absolutely critical, critical role that this room that you're sitting in and the people who are sitting around you play in all of that. Okay? So you ready? Yeah? Someone says, someone's ready. Okay, I think it's over here, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to direct my... <laughs> so, okay. So, Jeremiah chapter 1, starting in verse 4. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Ah, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am only a child. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out His hand and touched my mouth and said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. Thanks be to God for that very good word. So, as we start to look at that scripture, I want to start with asking you this question, what is a prophet anyway? So actually, uh, a prophet means different things in different cultures across different times of history. And a Hebrew prophet in the Old Testament means something a little bit different than a medieval prophet in like medieval Europe or in modern America. It actually, I would say, even means something a little bit different than what a lot of modern American Christians think of when they think of a prophet. So uh, the Hebrew word for prophet is this word navi, and uh, in that and in Hebrew, you spell Navi as, as uh, Nun Bet Aleph. It's the top word up there. And I know you're, you're remembering all of your, your Hebrew classes right now when you learned the Hebrew alphabet. But that's what's up there up top. And they, they, they go the opposite direction as, as uh, English does. But, but that word is based, actually, on a two-letter word, just Nun Bet. Okay, that's the, the lower word there. Nun Bet means hollowness or open. Okay? So a Navi, a Nun Bet Aleph, is one who is hollow or open to receive divine revelation. All right, The Navi was thought to be the mouth of God. A prophet is it's not really somebody who necessarily predicts the future, looks into a crystal ball, you know, tells you your dreams, that kind of stuff. A Navi, a prophet, is the mouth of God. Someone who speaks a message from God to a specific group of people. Someone who is hollow and open to receive divine revelation and pass it along to God's people. So so for that reason, it might actually be a little bit better translated as a spokesperson. Jeremiah is being called to be a spokesperson for God. 
So in verse 5, God says to Jeremiah, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you, or I gifted you, as a prophet, as a spokesperson to the nations. God placed gifts inside of Jeremiah before he was ever even born. You can can call that genetics, you can call that whatever you want, uh, but just like Jeremiah, all of us have these kind of gifts and passions wired into our biology from birth. Jeremiah inherited this from birth. He had the gifts and the passions about being a spokesperson for God in the times in which he lived from the very beginning. Some of you God gifted with the passion to be foster parents. Some of you God gifted with the passion to be counselors to people who are hurting. Some of you God gifted to be teachers to kids or teachers to kids with uh, uh, special needs. Some of you God gifted with, with all kinds of passions and gifts to be all kinds of things. Most things that most of us could never do, that, that we could never be passionate about, that we could never succeed at like you can. So Jeremiah, he's known as the weeping prophet, okay? Uh, Because in his lifetime, the Babylonian Empire over to the east and the Egyptian Empire over to the west, they were circling like sharks around Jerusalem, just ready to pounce and devour it. And uh, soon enough, Babylon would actually destroy Jerusalem completely and enslave thousands upon thousands of of Jews and kill thousands and thousands upon Jews. It's a terrible time in Jewish history. History. And so, as God's spokesperson during that time, Jeremiah warned his kings and his people about the hard facts of the situation when they did not want to believe in hard facts about their situation. They did not want to believe that if they kept behaving the way they were behaving, terrible things were going to happen to them. So, Jeremiah was the lone voice of truth in a culture operating on willful ignorance. Jeremiah knew that God had given him the passions and the gifts to be a spokesperson for God in that time. And because of that, Jeremiah helped so many people in an incredibly difficult time in history. So when I say God's purpose for your life, this is what I mean, okay? God's purpose for your life is to use the passions and love God has given you to help other people. That's what I mean by God's purpose for your life. That's purpose. That's your why. Your purpose is not to do what makes you happy. Your purpose is not to do what is easy. Your purpose is not to do what is fun. Your purpose is to use the passions and the love that God has given you to help other people. People, that's your purpose. And by the way, if you're asking, the function of you living into your purpose is that you are going to point other people to Jesus. You are going to help usher in God's kingdom on earth if you live into your purpose. Before you were even born, God wrapped up gifts and passions underneath your skin. God put fire in your bones. God put fire in the bones of Jeremiah while you were still in the womb of your mother. God has a purpose for your life. So how did Jeremiah find his purpose? 
How do you find your purpose? So, uh, the first chapter of Jeremiah, what we just read, you have to think about that as the climax of the answer to that question. Okay? So you, you get to read this big, you know, dramatic moment where, you know, he hears the voice of God and all this kind of stuff. But really, we need to take a few steps back, okay, and, and reverse in the story of Jeremiah so we can get the full picture. And that's going to be a lot more helpful for you and I as we uh, seek to discern God's purpose for our life. So, um, where, where am I in this? Okay, here we go. Uh, so, so, let me give you a little bit of background about Jeremiah. This is actually a really interesting story. Um, so, Jeremiah is from Anathoth, which is a city that's just three miles northeast of Jerusalem. Okay? And uh, his dad was the priest Hilkiah. And uh, Hilkiah was probably the high priest who uh, kind of rediscovered the book of Deuteronomy, which had been lost in the temple in Jerusalem. Okay? So you can read that story uh, elsewhere in the Old Testament. And with that discovery, Hilkiah went to the young king, King Josiah. And uh, King Josiah and, and Hilkiah, the high priest, they led this kind of renaissance, this revival of faith in, in, Jude, in Judah, uh, sometime roughly around the year 630 B.C., all right? And that little detail right there is actually a very, very important detail in the history of Judaism, okay? Uh, this is uh, uh, right before the, the Babylonian exile, and, um, and Hilkiah and King Josiah, they had these really big reforms, and they purged the land of idolatry and injustice, and they re-centered Scripture in the life of the Jewish people. Okay, so it's a really big deal what Hilkiah did. And that's the kind of dad that Jeremiah had. Okay? I'm a poet, I didn't even know it. He was the man who helped lead a revival of faith in Judah, around Jerusalem. Okay? Jeremiah grew up with a high priest as a father. And so for Jeremiah, the priest of the temple, and all, all the temple itself, that was central, okay, to his childhood and his adolescence. That was the wider community in which Jeremiah was raised, alright? And you need to know that, that Jeremiah's call to be a spokesperson for God, that coincided with this revival that his dad and King Josiah were leading, Okay? Uh, Jeremiah says, he says, I'm, I'm only a child, alright? He's probably a teenager in Jeremiah chapter 1 when he receives this call. This is right about the same time that this revival is happening with his dad and King Josiah, who, by the way, was about the same age. He was also a teenager at this time. So this is how you find God's purpose for your life. When your passions within, okay, converge with God's people and God around, you find your meaning and purpose in life, just like Jeremiah did. You see, you see how he did that? In other words, in God's beloved community, our life finds purpose. That's the bottom line. In God's be beloved community, our life finds purpose. If we are fortunate enough to grow up in a community like the community that Jeremiah grew up in, surrounded by people of faith 
who love us, who show up for us, who, surrounded by people who are trying to make the world a better, more faithful place, who are fighting for faith and justice in the world, then we find purpose in our life. We connect with God and with our inner passions and we discover God's purpose for our life. We hear God's call in our life. In 1913, the the philosopher Josiah Royce, who actually coined the phrase beloved community that I love so much, he said, my life means nothing, either theoretically or practically, unless I'm a member of a community. And you'll have to read, you know, philosophy to go hear him unpack all that. I'm not going to go on all that. But... In God's beloved community, our life finds purpose. You have to show up and let God's people love you. And you love God. You have to show up and let God just love on you. And you give your love to God. And that is where you find the inner space and the opportunity to live with meaning and purpose in your life. To use the passions and gifts that God has given you to help other people. You only find purpose when you are in relationship with God and with others. That's it. You're not going to find it all by yourself. So here's uh, one more uh, quote from that uh, survivor from the concentration camps. He said that when a person can't find a deep sense of meaning, they distract themselves with pleasure. So someone obsessed with materialism and experiences and pleasure and fun... They're really just, knowingly or unknowingly, they're just settling for second best. And there are a lot of teenagers and young adults in this world who are distracting themselves with as much fun and pleasure as they can find. Because no one has offered them this much better thing of a deep sense of meaning and purpose in life. So, I have some really, really good news for that. Okay? I know of a place that is bringing in children and teenagers and young adults and making Jeremiah's out of them. Right here on the corner of Preston and South Main, we are building God's beloved community. A community where everyone has a, has a place to be loved. Okay? By God and by others. We're building a community where children and teenagers are loved uh, by caring and safe and reliable adults who trust God just like Jeremiah was raised. The same thing. And from, that, from a very early age, we give them opportunities to help other people in the way of Jesus. Okay? Our young people are constantly being op- given opportunities uh, to serve others, to do things for others, to go on these great mission trips, uh, to do little mission activities right here in our community. Um, and uh, this is a place full of Hilkiahs. This church has, has raised some great Jeremiahs. I know uh, some of them. Okay? We've turned out some really great people in, in this church's history. And no place in our culture offers meaning and purpose to the lives of young people as well as God's beloved community. No one is doing it as well as the church. No one. Not school, not sports, not music, uh, not social media, not any of those great or bad things in our culture. No one does that, this one specific thing, quite as well 
as God's beloved community. Nothing in our culture offers meaning and purpose to the lives of young people quite as well as the church. And it's not just teenagers and young adults and children. It's all of us, okay? Um, All of us, over and over again, in every season of our life, have to renew our sense of purpose in life. What is my purpose? What is the meaning of my life now? What do I do with myself now that my spouse is gone? What do I do with myself now that I have all these kids in my house and I'm so busy and stressed? What do I do with myself now that my kids are out of the house? What do I do with myself now that I've moved to a new community? What is the purpose of my life now that I've started a new job? What is the purpose of my life now that I've retired from said job? What is God's purpose for your life now? Okay? You have to answer that question in every season of your life. If your life lacks purpose, you suffer. You need a reason to get out of bed in the morning. You need a battle to fight. God wired you that way. God formed you in the womb with some fire in your bones, okay, to do something incredible in this world. And if you're not tuned into that, it's hard. So the good news for old people like you and me is that God gives us a chance to make a difference. People to love, people to help, okay? And nobody and nothing in this culture is going to offer meaning and purpose to our lives quite like the church. Alright? It's a money-back guarantee. If you show up and let God's people and let God love on you and you love them back, Okay, In this place, God is going to give you people to love, people to help, opportunities to serve, a chance to make a difference. You're going to find all sorts of opportunities to make a difference. Okay, And as we talked about, that sense of meaning and purpose is going to fill up your life. Okay, It's like a very, very important vitamin that your body, your, your spirit, uh, your life must have. You have to have it. And nothing in the culture offers it quite as good as God's beloved community. This week in our church uh, has a goal of raising $1,200 for RARA, okay, the Rockbridge Area Relief Association. Uh, so, it, and, 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 you know, at this community festival, we're going we're gonna to sell these lunches and uh, we're going to just raise tons of money and we're going to make a huge impact on people who need it the most. Okay? We're going to make a difference. You have a chance to make a difference. Come and help out. Come buy some lunch. All right? Um, and uh, uh, the next day, the day right after that, this coming Sunday, is Rat Sunday. And there's going to be all kinds of varmints all over the place, uh, so I'm told. And um, so thanks to, thanks to this church, you have an opportunity to make a difference. We need a lot more people uh, to sign up to adopt rats, okay? To, to take them home, feed them lunch, and give them a dark room to take a nap in, all right? And uh, that makes a huge difference in the life of a young person who's, who's going through a very difficult, uh, challenging year. There are a lot of ways for you to use your passions that God has given you to help others in and through this church. 
I mean, you can do it through children's ministry. You can do it through, through music, uh, through, through serving. There's just so, so many great ways. And this beloved community right here on the corner of South Main and Preston is enabling you to become fully devoted followers of Jesus because of that. It's giving you the chance to make a difference so that you yourself can be redeemed in that process. That, my friends, that's a million-dollar offer as far as I can see. Let's go to a time of prayer together, shall we? Loving God, uh, we just pause and give thanks for the gift of Your church, for the gift of Your beloved community that we can be a part of and uh, be redeemed by through You and Your Holy Spirit. Loving God, we just surrender our whole life to You and to Your kingdom. And we pray, Lord, that You will help us discern our own passions and gifts within so that we can help other people and point other people to Jesus. It's in His strong and beloved name we pray. Amen. This is a place that is bringing people closer to one another and closer to Jesus. And I invite you to join this family. If you have not confessed that Jesus Christ is the Teacher, the Lord, and the Savior of your life, I invite you to make that decision today. You can come talk to me.